Everybody happy? If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold up your hand. Ushers have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's go to two openings this morning. 1 Samuel 2 and Romans 13. 1 Samuel 2, Romans 13. Phyllis is down at the other project. Uh, We were down there this past week and some other folks working and getting things going and off to a good start. Good start. You look around this room and you think, oh man, be nice when that one looks like this. <laughs> it's a lot goes into a place like this. And that one, as you see, is just a bare floor right now. But uh, you got you to get your plans and engineering and architecture and you got to get all that approved by the proper authorities and we're, we're well on the way with that. Thank you, Lord, and uh, also doing what we can do uh, prior to that. But uh, I can see it coming together quickly, quickly. And, um, man, I I can see the Word coming to pass in our lives ministerially and personally of the Lord uh, bringing us to the uh, best best place of our life, you know, best shape and condition and better than it's ever been. Do you receive those words? Do you not 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 from me, from the Lord, from the Lord? And uh, if you do, it excites you. You can tell if you believe it by whether you're sad or you're glad. Anybody glad in here this morning? Come on now, if you believe these things, even if everything wasn't just like it needed to be right now, you'd still be glad because you believe that's changing. And in short order, that'll be behind you. And no matter how bad it was, in just a little while, it can be like it was a bad dream that happened to somebody else. Because <laughs> with you, it's better than it's ever been. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, we've been on a subject now for some weeks called Honor to Whom Honor. And our main texts have been here in these verses. First Samuel 2, uh, we saw that Eli and his sons did not honor the Lord. They, uh, his sons stole the offerings and, and did immoral things in the ministry and with the people and with the money. And, and the Lord warned them and they did not listen. And now he's telling them in First Samuel 2.30... If you'll put that up for us. He said, uh, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. Who will he honor? Who does he honor? Those who honor him. Uh, They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Does he honor those that despise him? No. And that's what he's saying. Um. You know, I I gave the priesthood and this great honor to you and your sons and their sons after them and after them. It should have been yours and your families in perpetuity. But no, he said, no, it's not going to be. You know, even though the Lord gave you something precious and it was yours, you can still lose it by not valuing it, by not appreciating it, not honoring it. Say it out loud that last phrase with me. Them that honor me, them that honor me 
I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Which one do you desire? To be honored. How is uh, that going to happen? And in, in, in relation to what? Uh, if we honor him and in proportion to us honoring him. Uh, I thought that sounds strange to some people's ears. Well, I, you know, I'm not so interested in the Lord honoring me. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes. <laughs> you should be desiring it in the morning when you wake up and in the bed when you lay down in the evening. Oh, yes. We, we talked about this in detail last week. There, there's something about you and every one of us that seeks approval and seeks being honored and being promoted. I know you don't like to think about it, but it's, it's there. It's in every one of us. And the thing is, it's okay to seek approval, just not from men. It's okay to seek to be honored and promoted, just not from each other. We, we should desire the honor that comes from our Father God. We should seek that. We should pursue that. We should desire that. And when he approves you, you're approved, brother. When he puts his hand on you and confirms you, when he says, well done, how many of that's worth 10 million good jobs from people that might not a minute and will forget it next week? No, thank God. It's all right. To desire the honor of the Lord. And it covers so many areas. You know, when we make it and others didn't, the Lord honored us. Amen. Didn't he? Yes. Uh, he, he, we, he met our needs. Not only did we not lose our stuff, but we paid everything off. <laughs> and we uh, increased. Well, that's not because, just because you're prettier or smarter than somebody else. That's the mercy of the Lord. Amen. Isn't it? And he honored you. And if he, if he honored you in ways that he hasn't somebody else, it's not because he doesn't love them and didn't want to do it for them. They obviously did not honor him. A lot of people don't even acknowledge him, much less honor him. So if we want God more involved in our lives, we should honor him more. One of the greatest ways that he honors us is with his presence. With his presence. You know, he is everywhere, but he's not manifested to the same degree everywhere. You know, some places you can just step on the ground, step on the, the, the property, and you can sense the presence of God. Other places, you step off the plane, and it seems like God left the whole country. You say, where is God? <laughs> you ever heard the term God forsaken? <laughs> well, he is there. But you've got so many people that have yielded themselves to sin and devils and false gods and false religions till he, even though he's there, there's very few people yielding to him, very few people honoring him or even acknowledging him, so he's not able to honor them with his presence. So with that, that understanding, is it possible that we could do something that would initiate a greater degree of the manifestation of God's presence in our midst? Do you desire it? Then why wouldn't we do it? So we've been on a, uh, a, a, 
uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, a mission, yes. a quest uh-huh. to stop the disrespect right. and to stop what we're doing that's dishonoring to God and man and to come up to a whole other place of honoring him that he might honor us. In Romans, the 13th chapter. Romans 13, verse 7, the God's Word translation. It says, pay everyone whatever you owe them. If you owe taxes, try to get out of them. (laughs) If you owe tolls and bills, huh? figure out how to avoid them. Why do I say that? Because so, so many Christians, they, they spend, they, they try to exert their prayer and their faith for God to get them out of stuff so that they don't have to pay, they don't have to do The Lord didn't tell you to do that. That's the opposite of what He told you to do. Use your prayer, use your faith to believe for all you need to pay for plenty to come in. Well, it's just it's too much. Well, too much for who? Not too much for God. Hmm? Quit talking negative. Quit talking how big the problem is. Start talking how big your God is. My God is so big. He supplies all my needs. Hmm? These bills are no problem. These taxes won't be a problem at all. Oh, I got five people with me. Well, you, you can pace the floor, you can labor, you can pull your hair, you can develop ulcers trying to call everybody and figure out how to scheme and get out of it, or you could just believe God for more to come in so that you got everything you need, pay everything, nobody's bugging you because you're not trying to break the rules or get any special favors, you're just paying what you owe. And some extra on top of it sometimes. Hmm, just... For good measure. Here, be happy. Be satisfied. Take some extra. Why? Because if God's as big as we claim that he is, and the Bible certainly says that he is, we ought not be beggars. We ought not be running around scrimping and hollering and squealing about every 50 cents just more than we thought it ought to be. We ought to, we ought to be generous hearts. <laughs> you should see someone who looks across the crowd. The generous soul will be made fat or rich. Hmm? Not the stingy, scrimping, squeaky, how do I get out of it soul. Put the verse back up on the, on the, on the thing there. What does it say? What does the New Testament say? Help me out, everybody. What does the New Testament say? Pay up. Pay up. <laughs> Pay up. Everyone, what you owe them. Well, I, I just can't quit saying that. that that's why I'm, I'm exhorting and waving my arms. Quit, quit talking unbelief. You know, my, my mom used to tell us boys, you know, uh, she is a great believer, her and my dad and my grandpas of working. I mean, brother, you're supposed to work. And even as little guys... Uh, Mom, just did, she didn't believe it couldn't be done. I mean, uh, Dad would be out off of work sometimes for days at a time, and, and she'd see this old house, and she wants it torn, torn down and moved over here. 
And, and me and my little brother, we're just little boys. And, and she'd say, all right, you boys go take all that, the, the rocks down from that fireplace and move them over there to the lot and dig that up and take that over there. Well, man, it's a mammoth job. But we'd look at her and go, but mom, we can't. She said, boys, can't never could do anything. <laughs> Excuse me. Can't never could. Actually, can't never could do nothing. That's bad English, but that's, that's accurate. I'm quoting correct now. Can't never could do nothing. And so you get, get back to it, boys. Get back to it. And so... Uh, you start talking, I, we can't do this. This is just too much. We can't pay this. This is just too much. You are already hindering your God from meeting your needs. Right. Your words are stout against Him. Yeah. Did you hear me, friends? Because yeah. the Bible didn't say you can't. You're, you're arguing with the Bible. The Bible told you, pay what you owe. Yeah. Now, you just know right there, if the Lord told you to do it, he must have been planning on helping you to do it because he knew where you would be and what you would have and what you wouldn't have. No, go, go. I know you, a lot of you know it, but let's, 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 we, apparently we need to put our eyes on it today. Philippians 4. Boys, <laughs> quit that whining. Get back to work. It was good for us. But to this day, I have no desire to garden. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. But you didn't have to work truck patches, I probably. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. No, I appreciate farming greatly. Uh, Philippians 4, 13. Anybody know what it says? What does it say? We can't. We can't. We can't pay this. This is unreasonable. We can't pay this. Do you know? You know how much I make. This is too much. So let's pray and beg God to help us get out of this. Lord, there's got to be some way. So He's going to change the Bible. So he can answer your prayer? No. Now, now this is just, this is characteristic of so much unscriptural praying that goes on in the church. People are praying and begging to God to do stuff and they wonder, well, why wouldn't he do that? Well, why wouldn't you read the Bible? <laughs> and believe what he told you and, and, and pray that way. And believe that way and you're going to see a whole world change. Right? You'll see God get in your business. But you try to get him to change the Bible in order to answer your prayer. Well, that's not going to work. He's not the one who needs to change. Ever. How many have understood? He is always right. Always. Anytime you think differently than him, you are always wrong. Every time. Every time. No matter what is facing you, what you are dealing with, tell me what you are to believe and what you are to say. Read that verse for me. What, what you are to believe? I can. I can do this. Hmm? I can get through this. I can overcome this. I can pay this back. 
I don't care if it looks hopeless that with what you're making, you couldn't pay it back in five lifetimes. You're not just counting on what you can produce. I can do all things. That's not the end. Not through myself, through Christ, the anointed one who is strengthening me and enabling me. And not only can I, but he'll help me and we will and God will get glory. We'll give him praise. Next thing you know, they'll be reading our testimony up there. Huh? Say it out loud. I can. I can pay this back. I can get through this. I can get out of this with the Lord's help. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. Close your eyes. We need to say that another time or two. Say it out loud with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Two more times. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. When you hear I can't come out of your mouth, you need to, you need to grab yourself like you just cussed. I'm talking about bad cuss words. Because actually a lot of what people call cussing it will, will hurt you less than this. It's so serious. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's sad that the church is so ignorant of this when it is such a prevalent part of being a Christian. Do you know the Christian faith is called the great confession? And that Jesus is the, the priest, high priest of our confession. Did you know that? I mean, what we say is to be a giant. Well, it is, whether we know it or not, a giant part of our lives. And people say, well, y'all just, you know, that name it and claim it and blab it and grab it stuff. You know, I don't believe it. That stuff don't work. It just did. You believe and said it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work positively for you. But it just did work negatively. People don't realize it's working in their life all the time. Well, they just, I just don't understand. I mean, I take one step forward and just seem to get uh, knocked knock back two. I mean, I, just about time I get something paid for, it breaks. And, and just about, you watch it. Just we get ready to go on vacation and one of the kids will get sick. I mean, it just happens every time. See, people don't even notice that kind of talk because the, the world is full of it. But it is absolutely opening the door and inviting the destroyer to destroy you. God is able to work and move in your life through faith-filled words coming out of your mouth. The devil is able to work in your life through fear and unbelieving words coming out of your mouth. Tell your neighbor, help them out. Say, watch your mouth. <laughs> Some of the best advice you got all year. Watch, watch your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Because it is, whether you believe it or not, it is directing your life. It's taking you one way or the other. And even though you are in a bad, bad place, the Bible said the tongue 
is like a rudder on a ship. The tongue, James talks about the tongue is like a bit and bridle on a horse. If, if you wrote it today, you'd probably say it's like a steering wheel. Why? Because you go, I mean, if a big ship is going one direction and it's going south and they want it to go north, it can be gigantic, it can be huge, it can be big waves and winds, they get that rudder going. Now that, does, that big ship doesn't turn on a dime. And it doesn't happen just in a moment of time, but it starts, doesn't it? And it may take, you know, uh, a, a big area, and it may take a little time, but they just keep that rudder in that same position. It'll eventually turn that ship completely around and head it in the opposite direction. True or not? Well, the Bible says, and you believe the Bible, don't you? That you're, what that rudder is to that ship, your tongue is to your life. So even though you've been going down, 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 things have been getting worse and worse in your finances, in your body, in your relationship, whatever it might be. So many times, all people do is grab the steering wheel and keep it pointed in the same direction and go, man, this is going the wrong way. Man, this is going the wrong way. This is really going the wrong way. It's going downhill fast. Man, this is going the wrong way. How many know that's stupid? Isn't it? Man, I'm going, I'm going south. I don't want to go south. I'm going south. So just keep it pointed south and push the pedal on down. I'm going south. I'm, oh boy, I'm going south. Y'all pray for me, I'm going south. I don't want to go north. I want to go north. I want to go north. Why don't you turn north? I don't believe in that. I'm not going to say... I'm going north when I'm going south. I'm, I'm just real. If I'm, if I'm going south, I'm going south. <laughs> Don't help me, I'm going south. <laughs> Man, things are such a mess. Oh, y'all pray for me. Man, I'm in a bind. Oh, things are so bad. Mm. I hurt. It's bad. Do you want to turn around or do you want to keep going down? According to the Bible, how do you do it? How do you do it? Your tongue. So what do you do? Well, you've got to turn the rudder in a different direction than the ship is going. And so for a while, the rudder is contrary to the ship. Can you see? The ship is continuing to move this way, so, but the rudder is contrary. So it causes friction and drag and turbulence, doesn't it? And the back end of the ship is, I mean, the current's pushing it this way and forward momentum's pushing it that way and... And the rudder's pushing it another way, and it's like, whoa, what's happening here? But eventually, that rudder overcomes the other. Come on, can you see that? And it just don't spin on a dime, and you might have some winds blowing it and waves hitting it, so it's going to take it longer. But that's all right. Just keep her cranked in there. 
Keep the correction cranked in. And how many know, just as sure as God made this planet and the laws of physics, that it won't be long, that ship will be headed in another direction. And the Lord has told us this is exactly how our life works. You can set your life in a totally different direction by changing your words. Now, not just making a random good confession in the morning and then slipping back into your own negative talk the rest of the day. That's like turning the rudder for a few seconds and then turning it back. You're not going to get turned around that way. What do you got to do? Grab that steering wheel. Turn it all the way to the locks and then hold her there. Hmm? Depending on where you are and how fast you are moving, there may be some dust flying, gravel spinning, right? There may, there may be some, you may feel some G-forces. That's all right. Hold on. Keep her cranked. Keep saying the other thing and eventually you'll be headed in the other direction and going, going the other way. Your body can be virtually destroyed with disease and the temptation is to say it's over best minds in, in the field have told me there's no hope and we've exhausted every resources you might, as, you, you might as well accept it and with grace and this and that and so uh, everybody you meet well how's it going well they, they say it's uh, too far advanced and it's not going to work and the treatments weren't enough and Man, I'm sorry. And, and yeah, I, I appreciate it. And so you just try to, uh, you know, have, uh, up, keep a stiff upper lip, as they say, and, and uh, just resign yourself. But every time something's coming up, you're saying, yeah, I'm going that way. Yeah, that's what's happening. So you, you plan to go that way and you talk that way. But you could be saying, no. With long life, he'll satisfy me. Show me his salvation. I will live and not die and declare the glory of God. But you've got to be able to say that when you are looking death right in the eye. When you're headed right towards it. Come on, can you see this? You're headed right towards it. You're barreling right towards death at 90 miles an hour. And so everything about you says, well, I'm, that's where I'm going. Yeah, but the steering wheel is in your hands or in your mouth, under your nose. Is it or not? Go to James. I got some good notes over there. Maybe we'll get to them sometime. <coughs> James. <laughs> Anybody believe this in here today? Yes. James 3, verse 2. In many things we offend all. Another way of saying that is we've all missed it in many things. 
If any man offend not, he doesn't miss it in word in what he says. The same is a perfect, complete, mature man. Wow. Who is the perfect, complete, mature individual? The person who doesn't miss it, what? In what they say. Can you see we have not emphasized this enough? The church has not preached enough on this. It did in the beginning, many, you know, many, many years ago, but it's gotten away from it and replaced the word with tradition. Replaced uh, confession of the redemptive rights of Christ with confession of sin and confession of failure and, I, and confession of, uh, oh, I'm just, I'm just nothing. I'm just an old sinner. I'm so unworthy. I'm this. And people have thought that that was being a Christian, that that was, being, that was doing the Bible. It is not. I said it is not. It's not, it's not. Arguing with the Lord is not humility. Hmm? When he tells you one thing and you say, yeah, but I'm not. I know I'm not. That's not humility. <laughs> Lord says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. I have made you so. And you say, no, I'm an unworthy worm. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, Lord. But I, I know I'm an unworthy dog. I know it. I know it. That's not humility. It's rebellion. It's defiance. It takes humility. When you feel like a dirty dog. And, if, and the Lord tells you he's made you clean by his blood and made you righteous with his righteousness and you look up and say, whew, I sure don't feel like it, Lord. But if you say I am, I am. I sure don't look like it, Lord. But if you say I am, you're right. You are sure right. And I, I submit to it. I receive it. And if you, if you told me to say it, I'm going to say it. Sometimes you have to kind of close your eyes when you say it. And he said, boy, I told you to say it. You're the righteousness of, of God in me. Yes, sir. I'm the righteousness of God. Whoo. In you. When you don't feel like it, you don't look like it, you haven't been acting like it, it takes submission. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. There's no humility to argue with him. He went on to say, if you don't offend in, in your word and what you say, the same as a perfect man and able to do what? Able to do what? Bridle. Bridle means to control and to steer. What? Your whole body. Did you know you can control your liver? Your pancreas? Your kidneys? Your joints? Did you know it? How? See... Most Christians, if they got a problem, then they name it. That's my bad knee. Yeah, that's, that's my old uh, football injury. Yeah, that's my tennis elbow. Yeah, that, well, that's my bad ear. That's my, that's my weak eye. <laughs> yeah, that's my, well, this is your dominion. 
And you have decreed and called it that. So that's what it has to be. But if you would change, if you would say, kidney, I'm talking to you. You're my kidney, and you're going to work like you're supposed to. Are you listening to me, kidney? Somebody says, oh, Brother Keith, talking to a kidney. That is acting like Jesus. Have you read the Bible? Hold your place here. <coughs> Excuse me, go to Luke. Thank you, Master. We must need this. <clears throat> Luke 4. Did Jesus speak to what we might call inanimate objects, things that were not people? Did he? He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. Didn't he? He spoke to trees. Didn't he? He says, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He, I mean, he could do that. He's the Son of God. Jesus was not operating as God when he walked the earth. The Bible tells us he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and glory and power, became like other men. He's showing us how to do it. You remember when he spoke to the tree and it withered away? And the disciples said, Lord, the tree, the tree that you spoke to just yesterday, that thing's already dried up and withered away. And he looked at them. He said, if you have faith and don't doubt, not only could you do this, could who do it? You, not only could you do this, but if you would speak to that mountain over there and command it to be removed and cast into the sea, if you didn't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said, what you said would come to pass, you would have what you said. Now people want to make fun of confession, they want to make fun of faith, but who said if you believe in your heart and say it with your mouth, you can have what you say? Who said that? Jesus, the Master. So they're making fun of Jesus. They're making fun of what He said. I'm not going to make fun of it. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to receive it. And I believe that Jesus is showing us how men and women are to live in this earth. As he walked this earth, he spoke to things in faith. And they did what he told them to do. I know this is foreign to most people's thinking. They think, well, man, that's, 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 that's like magic. What, what are you talking about? No, it's Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> it's just church has gotten so religious and gotten away from the real thing that they don't recognize it anymore. Look at this and look for You do believe the Bible now, right? Somebody said, well, you I've had people say, well, what? you're just trying to act like Jesus, preacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thought that was the plan. <laughs> right? You're right? I mean... If, I'm, if he's not going to be my example, if I'm not going to try to act like him, you know somebody better? Who are we going to endeavor to emulate and imitate and be like? No. Didn't Jesus say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you will do also. 
and even greater works than these shall you do. Because I'm going to, the, if he'd have stayed here, the works would have just kept getting greater and greater. He said, but I'm leaving. Why? Well, that wasn't his, his main reason to come, was just to do the works. He had another purpose. That was to be our sacrifice. Right? right? right. To redeem us. But before he did that, he showed us how to live, how to minister, how to operate, how to live by faith and please God, how to walk by faith, how to walk in authority and walk in victory. Oh, friend, the Christian life has been reduced to mere formality. It is no drab, dull, boring thing. Real Christianity is ruling and reigning in life. Oh, hallelujah, just like Jesus did. Do you believe it, friends? Oh, man, he prayed and heaven moved and earth changed. He spoke and things happened and things changed. Didn't they? He's our example. I'm not saying we're operating on the same level that he operated in, but we ought to be headed that way as much as we know how. We ought to be doing everything we know to step up and increase. And the very least we can do is, is start listening to what we're saying and at least make an effort to change from unbelief to faith, from fear to faith. Luke 4, are you there? Luke 4. And verse 38, Jesus arose out of, out of the synagogue. He entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Now Luke's a doctor. So he categorizes it as great, the Greek word for great. So she didn't just have a temperature. She was delirious with fever. She was in a bad way. And they besought Jesus for her. They said, Lord, would you minister to her? She's in a bad way over there. So verse uh, 39, he stood over her and said, Oh, Father, please, if it be thy will, deliver our dear sister from her affliction. Mm -mm. Now, religion has told us that's what to do, hasn't it? And to not really expect anything. If the Lord wants to do something, he will. If he don't, he won't. You just never know. Hmm? Well, then why pray? If he's going to do what he's going to do, whether you pray, whether you don't, why pray? What good does it do? No, that's just religion. Tell me what Jesus did. She's laying there delirious with fever. He walks over to her. He does what? Rebukes Peter's mother-in-law. No. No. What did he do? Rebuke the devil. No. Is he praying to God? No. He's not talking to the father. He's not talking to the devil. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. Who's he talking to? A fever. And he didn't just say, hi, fever. He rebuked. <laughs> what, what does it mean, rebuke? Rebuke is strong. It's like, get out of here, fever. Get out. Yeah. Wow. He rebuked it. Uh -huh. Somebody yeah. say, rebuked it. 
I remember years ago reading that and I thought, he's, he's not talking to God, the Father. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to anybody in the room. He's talking to a fever. And I thought, can fevers hear? You don't normally think of a fever as something that would listen to you. Can a fever hear? And I read the next verse, the next part. He rebuked the fever and what happened? And it, it what? The fever left her. And I thought, yep, fevers can hear. And then I had a revelation. If fevers can hear, high blood pressure can hear, tumors can hear, cancers can hear, infections can hear. Come on, are you listening? We have not been operating in this like we're supposed to. We've been just letting things run their course and just see what might happen. If that's the way we should have done, then Jesus would have walked over there and looked at her and said, poor dear. Father, if it be thy will to raise up our dear sister and, and, and alleviate her great pain and discomfort, we, we so want you to. We wish that you would. But if not, we know that we don't understand everything. And if, if you get more glory out of our dear sister in this feverish condition, then Lord, just give us fortitude and grace to stand. And, and we just want your will and if he'd have done that, it would justify us doing that. He never did that. Never. So why would we do it? People have replaced Jesus' example with religious tradition. No, friends. Fever is not a friend. Disease is not a gift from God. It is not something to be coddled. It is not something to be toyed with or to tiptoe around. Brother Smith Wigglesworth, it was said, waiting at a train station one time, uh, a woman came and there were several people waiting for the train and her little dog followed her from the house. And the little dog standing there looking at her and wagging his tail and she said, no, honey, you'll have to go back home. Go back home. Go to the house. He just got up closer to her leg and just, just wagged, wagged his tail. And she said, no, no, call his name. Go back. Go back to the house. And, and he just stood there and looked at her and wagged his tail, you know. And this, this went on for several times. Finally, she said, I said, get! And boy, he tucked his tail and took off and ran. <laughs> and uh, Brother Wigglesworth was said to have bellowed out, that's it. That's what you got to do to the devil. That's it. Yeah. Tell him, get! You don't play with these things. Cancer is not something you have to beg any about. about. You curse it, you command it to die in the name of Jesus and shrivel up and get out of your body. Come on now. Whatever is hindering you or binding you, it is not from God. You don't have to tolerate it. It's from the stealer, the killer, the thief, the destroyer. What are we to do with the devil? Resist the devil. Resist him and he'll flee from you. I know our bodies are all in different states and, and our minds are affected by things that are going on in this world and, and our bodies have been affected by the curse. There's no such thing as somebody who's in perfect condition. 
Some say, well, I, yeah, I know somebody. No, you don't. Some say, well, a baby was born the other day. They were they're perfect. No, they're not. If you examine them uh, under the microscope, it, uh, you know, this leg's a little longer than that one. Uh, this body part's a little different from that. We have been altered by the curse that's in the earth. And because of the imperfections, there are problems that result from that and imbalances and all kind of stuff. And so we're not seeking for physical perfection in this life. Uh, that's going to come later. What, what we want is just good operating condition. Huh? Just, just good operate. The, the Lord is able to keep us to where we can function and do our jobs and not have pain and, and not be hindered. That is part of our redemptive right. Are you listening? It is the first fruits of our inheritance because soon and very soon the power of God's going to hit us and flow through us and this mortal will become immortal and then everything will be perfect. But in the meantime, anything that tries to hinder you from being and doing what you're supposed to do, you don't have to lay down and take it and play with it. And you don't need to beg God about it. He's not the one who put it in your path and caused it to be a problem. The, the mountain he told us to speak to. Did God put mountains in our life that need to be moved out of the way? No, that's why we don't have to beg him about them. You, you don't have, that's not prayer. You just look at the problem and you say, listen to me. In the name of Jesus, you get out of my life. And you be very intense about it. And you hold that steering wheel in that position. And you keep saying the same thing in the morning and in the afternoon. And when the sun goes down. And the next day. And the next day. Until it's done. Until you're turned totally around. And going in the direction that you need to be. Can you say amen? amen. Look in James and, and uh, we'll have to close. <laughs> James 3. That you were holding. He said, verse 3, James 3, 3, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. I mean, horses are powerful, especially some. Some are just whew, massively powerful animals. And you could not physically make them go a direction they don't want to go. But you can put that, uh, that bit in their mouth and that bridle and that rein and uh, control them, steer them, whichever way you want them to go. Verse 4, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor or the driver decides. List. Verse 5, Even so the tongue. So the tongue is even so, just like the bit, just like the rudder, we might say just like the steering wheel. It boasts great things, and behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Keep reading. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body. Now we just got through seeing in verse 2 that you can control the whole body if you control your words, but you can also defile your whole body with your words. And that's what's been happening more than the other. And he went on to say, uh, the tongue, you know... no." No man can tame. That means I can't tame your tongue. 
You can't tame mine, but it's certainly your tongue. You can control it. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. You ought not be talking death part of the day and healing part of the day. You ought not be talking prosperity in here during offering time and then in the middle of the week when you get an extra bill talking how broke you are and how you can't do anything and how you, this is not going to work. That is shooting yourself in the foot. Isn't it? No, we must get a hold of our tongues and our mouths and be consistent day in and day out. Anybody get this picture now about putting that steering wheel where it's supposed to be and holding it there. Keep it there. Put, put that rudder in the position it's supposed to be. That don't mean your life's going to necessarily you know, totally be fixed by the end of the day. Some, sometimes you've got a big ship and it's going the wrong way. And it's been going the wrong way a long time. And you've got some fierce winds. And, and it'll t- it may take just a little bit to get that thing turned around. But it will never turn around if you keep putting the rudder back to the position yes, to keep going down. That's right. Stand on your feet, everybody. Do you believe it would honor the Lord more if we would talk faith than if we talked unbelief? If we would say what He told us to say instead of saying what we see and what we feel. It would honor Him more. Thank you, Lord. So close your eyes. Say it out loud, Father God. Forgive me for saying things that were against your word, contrary to the Bible, they were against myself, forgive me for not monitoring my mouth. Set a watch at the door of my lips, lest I say something wrong, check me, alert me, help me to be aware of it. And I purpose to stop and to change. I say out loud, the Lord is my God. And nobody's greater than Him. Victory is mine. Healing is mine. Blessing is mine. Protection is mine. Fullness is mine. Abundance is mine. I will speak life and not death. I will speak victory and not defeat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just lift your hands, praise Him some. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we give you glory. Hallelujah. What are we going to say? Yeah, go ahead.